Okay, uh, the next heading is for verses 15 through 19, and it is life through Christ Jesus. And you have that on your notes. Uh, verse 15, uh, Dan. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. Uh, this would have been better translated as the offense, much more the free gift. Paul is saying that Adam's offense touched the entirety of the world and for all time, at least until Jesus rectified all things. But as well, so did the grace of God in his free gift of salvation. Uh, that word offense you can see the Greek word on your handout there. It means a falling alongside, a deviation from the right path. Adam's original sin was the violation of the known will of God. That's why I said Adam sinned by choice. Adam didn't have a sin nature because he was made perfect. But he sinned by choice through free will. And because of his choice to sin, we all became sinners and we now have a sin nature. And Adam received a sin nature because he chose that. Uh, that uh, I say that word, that word, free gift, for us is two words, but in the Greek it's one word. Uh, you can see it on your handout. It means a gift of grace, a favor which one receives without merit of his own. Uh, referring here to the gift of eternal life in Christ Jesus. We do not merit that whatsoever within ourselves. The only thing that we merit is death because we're born guilty. <laughs> okay, so that's how it's free gift. Praise God. Praise God that it is a free gift. Praise God for His grace. Amen? The fall of Adam caused great evil. The far greater work of the far greater Christ shall much more cause far greater results of good. And that's Vincent. In other words, much was lost in the fall, but that will be gained back and even much more in Christ. Yes. Mankind, we lost a tremendous amount at the fall. More than we actually realized, to be honest. But in Christ, we gain back everything that we lost and more. When, when all of this is wrapped up, when God's plan, redemption plan is all wrapped up and the uh, battle of Armageddon happens. All of these things happen. Then we have the new, the new heaven, the new earth. All of these things. The human race that remains will be at a higher place than we would have originally been before the fall happened. Much more. When God, when God, when God restores something, He does not simply restore it back to its original. Yes, yes. Right. 
Way better than it was before. <laughs> Amen, Sarah. It's always better. In his redemption plan, in the human race, and in your life. Yes. Amen. Uh, the next part. For if through the offense. If, for if through the offense of one, many be dead. Speaks of spiritual death, which is separation from God. Spiritual death is a divine penalty. And was brought about because of Adam's transgression. Spiritual death is pretty much like for us, you know, the human, the way that we think about it, pretty much like the death penalty. So that's what spirit, it's a divine, it's God's divine death penalty. Spiritual death. Spiritual death is a state. All who are without God are spiritually dead at this very moment. So spiritual death is a state. As well as an event. The ultimate eternal conclusion being the lake of fire. So spiritual death is an event, the lake of fire. But it's also a state. Every, everyone that's not saved, everyone that is not in Christ is currently dead in sins and trespasses. Uh, yeah. Much more the grace of God. If Adam's transgression had such far-reaching effects, much more must the grace of God have no less far-reaching effects. God's grace must be more powerful than man's trespass. Uh, yeah. And the gift. By grace. Presents Jesus as the gift. Yeah. Which is by one man, Jesus Christ, has bound it unto many. The original trespass introduced a temporary reign of death, while the free gift of righteousness introduced life, in which the partakers of the gift themselves triumph over death, will live and reign forever. In Christ. The Holy Spirit through Paul is not speaking of universal salvation due to what Christ has done. Abounded unto many rules that out. The fact that it says abounded unto many rules out the fact of universal salvation. Otherwise, it wouldn't have said many. It has the capability to abound unto all. That is, if they will only believe. The capability for all of mankind to be saved is there. God has made that possible in Christ. The problem is that not all will accept it. So it's not just like Christ dying was not just like a blanket covering for all of mankind that, well, praise God, now everybody's saved automatically. No, there's no such thing as universal salvation. People think that. People do. That's exactly right. There are a lot of people. Some people even think that uh, all of the angels, all of the fallen angels, and Lucifer himself will be ultimately restored. But if all you got to do is check into the book... <laughs> And it tells you that their place is in the lake of fire. 
Uh, verse 16. And not as it was by one who sinned, so is the gift. Paul is once again drawing a contrast. One man, Adam, brought the transgression, while one man, Christ, brought eternal life. Adam brings death, Christ brings life. Okay. Now we, you, can, you can have that other that paper with Adam and mm -hmm. Christ in it. It can help you to see some of these things. Uh, Okay, next, next. Um, for the judge, uh, for the judgment was by one to condemnation. Respected Adam failing God and then incurring the judgment of God, which was an absolute necessity. Condemnation came upon all because theoretically all were in Adam's loins. So we, we talked about it, we're all in Adam. Uh, then. But the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. This free gift cleanses from many offenses. In effect, all offenses. The free gift not only addresses itself to all offenses, but as well affects a legal work which God can justly recognize and declare the sinner not guilty. This is justification by faith. Everything that God does, He does it legally. Yes. That's why God does not move in just an arbitrary, just arbitrary way. I think that's the right word. Where he just, God just does, He just does whatever He wants. He can. God can absolutely do whatever He wants, but he will never do something that is totally opposite or against his character or the way that he has set things up to work. That's why he always does everything legally. Yeah. And if it doesn't, if it doesn't match up legally with the with the way that God's character is and the way he set things up to work, he will not do it because then it is then it's not of God because it's not his character. Yeah. Right. The the. the I'll give you a really good idea, a good example, I mean. God just loves everybody. He does. But you can't pluck one characteristic of God out and just hold on to that for dear life and not include. He does love. He is love. He's also just and holy and righteous. Yes. Yeah, but he's love. God loves. He is, and he, he, he is love, and he's also holy and just, and he cannot be in the presence of sin. Yeah, but love would not cast someone into, oh. but you can't, you can't just take one characteristic of God that you want and reject the one that you don't want. Not I think that also people's perception of love is something that it's is not. Yeah. yeah. Love doesn't mean something that won't ever offend you because right. love always tells you the truth. And if right. it offends you, that doesn't matter. It's just the truth. Right. That is, that is exactly right. That's why if you're a minister and you don't 
say anything about false doctrine because you don't want to offend anybody, you're not operating in the love of God. Right. Revelation talks about one of the churches, and it said, we might have talked about this before, I'll just say it real quick. It talked about the spirit of Jezebel. Yeah. And to the pastor of, the, of that church, he said that you are guilty of the sin of doing nothing about the spirit of Jezebel. Well, yeah, but I'm not participating in it. No, no, no. You are guilty of doing nothing. Right. Uh, verse 17. Or if by one man's offense death reigned by one. Refers to Adam's failure with the result being death. Death reigned over all mankind. That word reign, you can see it on your handout. Uh, the Greek word is there. And it means to rule from a foundation of power. Uh, the next part. Much more they would... We receive abundance by grace and, and of the gift of righteousness. Uh, pro <laughs> proclaims unlimited, unmerited favor. It's not just grace, but abundance right. of grace. Praise God for that. The idea is, man, hold up. <laughs> not just, thank God that it's not just grace, but abundance of grace. Needs not just grace, but abundance of grace. Mm. Preaching to myself. Praise God. The idea is that the grace is much more than the debilitating effects of sin. Uh, okay, that next. And of the gift of righteousness. Proclaims God's righteousness, which speaks of the essence of perfect morality. It is a free gift. And must be a free gift if it is to be by grace. Next step. Shall reign in life by one Christ Jesus. Proclaims the believer as reigning even as death had reigned. But from a position of much greater power than that of death. All is in Jesus Christ. Death and life are contrasted in this verse. Christ came to put an end to death. It was through death that he defeated Satan. Uh, we're not going to read it for the sake of time, but Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. It's a really good verse that shows that. Christ has used death to deliver men from death. Yes. He died that men may live. Yes. God's ways are not our ways. Christ delivered men from death by death. I was getting excited when I studied this part. <laughs> the New Testament speaks of believers as sleeping rather than as dying. Because Christ has defeated death through Calvary. So now in the New Testament, in 1 Thessalonians... Chapter 4, verse 14, the believer is spoken of as sleeping. The Holy Spirit never gets a word wrong. Sleeping is a testimony 
that what Jesus did at Calvary defeated death. And if you are a believer and you are in him, death has already been defeated. And when you die, you ain't doing nothing but snooze. You're just sleeping. Because death has been defeated by Jesus Christ himself. Glory be to God. And that just the fact that they use the word sleeping is a testimony that it has been swallowed up. Jesus bore the full horror of death. Therefore, for those who are in Christ, death has been transformed so that it is no more than sleep. Sleeping. That's right. <laughs> the resurrection <laughs> is proof of the extent of the victory over death. Praise God. Romans chapter 6, verse 9. I'm so close, I'm just going to read. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dies no more. Death has no more dominion over him. And if you are in him, and death has no more dominion over him, and you are in him, then guess what that means? Death has no more dominion over you. Praise God. His victory over death is complete. And there's a testimony that it says sleeping instead. Because the victory over death is a done deal. Sarah was taking a nap earlier. And I was studying that, and I thought for a moment, my wife is going to kill me because I'm going to wake her up because I just want to shout at the top of my lungs, glory be to the Lamb of God. We are almost done. If you guys just bear with me. Verse 18, death. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon men to condemnation. Paul is saying the same thing over and over, but in a different way. When the Holy Spirit repeats something of this nature, and especially in as many ways as Paul has repeated it, he is proclaiming the significance of the event. And that we should understand what is being said. That's right. If the Holy Spirit repeats something over and over again, you better listen. That's right. And he doesn't just repeat it simply because, oh, well, he just likes to repeat himself. We like to think that we grab something the first time that we hear it. But God is not a fool and he knows that we do not do that. Yeah. So he repeats, repeat to us, that would be annoying if you just repeat something. Oh, I heard you the first time. But he repeats because even though we deceive ourselves and we think that we hear, we only hear this much. Amen. 
That's why you can study Scripture your entire life and never grasp it all. That's true. Because we just straight up don't get it the first time. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just shoot everybody right in the pride, right here, even myself. We are not as smart as we think we are. We are not as wise as we think we are. And we do not listen as well as we think we listen. Well, for I heard you the first time, Lord. Then why have it? Yes. Yes. <laughs> you changed directions if you heard me the first time. <laughs> we are but dumb sheep. Amen. And I'm so thankful that he's not like human beings. Oh, yes. Yes. But he's long suffering and he's patient that even if you don't hear the first one, he will not Slam you down. Amen. But he'll say, I'll tell you again. And he doesn't throw you out if you don't get it the third or the fourth or the fifth. But he's patient with us. Praise God for that. If it was a man, he would kill you after the second or third. If anybody has worked a job with a boss, you grasp that concept if I didn't get it the first or the second time, but the third time that I didn't do what my boss said. Praise God that he is not like that. He is not like us. Praise God. Yeah. Yeah, you might get some discipline. You might get some discipline, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, the next part. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. The righteousness that God recognizes and accepts is the righteousness which is of Christ and is freely given to those who will simply believe. Justification of life. Sin brings death, but justification brings life. Okay. Verse 19. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners. Actually refers to all which are many. The word disobedient, excuse me, disobedient. You can see the Greek word in your handout. And it means to mishear or to disobey. Neglect to hear. In a more fuller sense, it is a failing to hear or a hearing amiss. Uh, the next part then. So by the obedience of one um, shall many be made righteous. Pertains to the obedience of Christ as opposed to the disobedience of Adam. Uh, the word obedience, the Greek word is in your handout, and it means to hear, literally to hear under. The idea is that of a willing listening to authority. Amen. Yes. That word made in the Greek, you have that word in there? Definitely not going to see that. Refers, <laughs> refers to a mechanical operation such as that of making a spear out of wood and iron. Um, 
Actually, just so we can see it again, Dad, can you read that again? So by the obedience. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. So there's that word made, made righteous. It refers to the act of changing a certain material object so as to fit it for a certain purpose. And that's Kenneth Weiss. A new, a new creature must be made out of the sinner. He has to make righteousness for the sinner. Which he will do and will freely impute such to him upon simple faith in Christ. And we covered a lot of ground today. I like it. Uh, the next the next thing that we'll get into, not tonight, obviously, but the next thing that we'll get into, and I will we'll still be in chapter 5, but it will be a new heading, uh, and it'll actually, um, there will be a bigger heading, I guess. Um, you don't have to, I'll have this for you anyway, but just to let you know that we're about to shift directions. The next major heading is sanctification. So everything that we've been looking at is justification. Now we're about to get into sanctification. And that'll be chapter 6 through 8. But it actually starts in chapter 5 verse 20. Uh, so just to give you an example. The first heading that we'll see uh, next Sunday. Will be the presence of the sin nature. And that's verses five, uh, chapter 5 verse 20. Through chapter 6 verse 2 a. So that's just a do we kind of see. So we're really going to see the presence of the sin nature, and we'll be talking about sanctification. Yeah.